Hi, I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, sometimes knitting, books, TV shows, movies, and a little bit about keeping a cozy, organized home. I've got my glass of iced tea in hand, so let's settle in for a chat. This is episode 47. Hey, how's it going? I'm going to try to sneak in a podcast here on a Sunday afternoon, sort of late, but uh, let's see if we can knock this out. How are you guys doing? I think that around here we are settling into what is the new normal of being at home all the time (laughs) and all that that entails. For example, I am literally podcasting with my computer and microphone on top of a boogie board because the setup, which I think I've mentioned a million times, my setup is actually in my closet where I lay a piece of plywood over a um, our large hamper thing and use that. Well, my son has taken that piece of plywood and he is now, that's his whole setup for jazz band and school stuff. So I wandered into the garage. I could either tear all that down and have to put it back, but instead I wandered into the garage and was just looking for some flat surface. And a boogie board is not completely flat, (laughs) I have just learned. But anyways, it's good enough. It's really the right width. So anyways, I'm coming to you from on top of a boogie board. How California is that? But um, yeah, we're getting to the point in the shelter in place situation where we're giving each other haircuts. (laughs) So my two boys who are, um, how old are they? 17 and 20. We just buzzed them, which is like, it brought back memories. When they were little, we always buzzed them at the beginning of summer. And then by the time school started, then, you know, they were ready for a more normal haircut. And they both, everyone in my family has curly hair. And um, so they just were like, didn't even want to mess with it. So um, buzzed both of them. And then my husband wanted an actual haircut. So I, I used to give him haircuts and I always hated it because I never felt like I knew what I was doing. But um, Kate Bryan from um, the Small Things blog, she's got a fabulous um, Instagram account and, and blog. She is actually, well, she's just, you know, like a lifestyle influencer at this point, but she is a hairstylist. And so I've learned a ton about, um, how to style my hair, curling iron techniques, blah, blah, blah from her, even though we actually have very different hair, but she did, uh, on Instagram TV is where it lives. Um, I will put a link in the show notes, but she did a tutorial on how to do a simple men's haircut, which is the um, using the clippers on the side and then scissoring the top, and which is what I used to do, but I never knew in a way the geometry of the head. Uh, how how high am I supposed to clipper and what is the proper way? I was doing everything basically all wrong, and so it went quickly, and um, I did a great job, I have to say. I would put a picture, but I don't think my husband would really go for that, and it really could have been a little bit shorter. I was very timid about it, but I cut, I don't know, three quarters of an inch off, so, um, but yeah, we're getting there. I am, I've gone total curly girl and been watching like a million curly girl tutorials on YouTube to figure it out. Even though my daughter's been doing it forever, she has much curlier hair, a totally different curl pattern than me. She has to use much, um, uh, thicker products on her hair. And, um, 
So I can't get a lot of information from her. And plus, she's sort of locked into her routine. But my hair is much less curly, but uh, still curly. And um, so that's been kind of fun. I have um, kind of fine hair and, and blonde. And so it it frizzes. You know, there's like a little halo over it that I'm trying to figure out how to solve that problem. But the actual curl, curl pattern is pretty nice. Um, and I'm also experimenting with, you know, I'm going gray. Uh, my mom and uh, one of my brothers, actually two of my brothers, went gray very early, like in their 30s. Um, that did not happen to me, but that's also, I guess, when did I start? I think I, I started coloring my hair because it just was after um, I lost my hair from chemo. It grew back less curly and way darker. And so that's when I started lightening it and, and making myself blonde again. And then I, you know, kind of lost touch. Can you relate to what color my hair is? And now the front of it's very, it's very gray, like maybe even silver. Um, so I'm just, I'm so playing with this idea of transitioning. And, you know, I've, again, I've watched like these YouTube people that are doing this transition. And I, the thing that I can't quite get over is that even if their hair looks beautiful, they look older. And at 50, how old am I? 54. You know, I'm just really not in a place that I want to look older than I am. And so I don't know. Um, if nothing else, I think I'm going to transition to a cooler blonde. I'm a very golden blonde now. And so, um, you know, that could be, you know, kind of a compromise. So we'll see. But I'm perfectly happy with letting this go. I don't think really anybody but me is seeing my full inch of, of gray roots at this point. So anyways, um, continuing to, we're still going to the grocery store wearing a mask while we're there. And I keep having this emotional reaction when I go to the store and have to wear a mask. At some point in that shopping trip, I will start to tear up a little bit. I think it's claustrophobia. Um, I'm not upset or, I mean, there's, you know, like there's no rational reason for this just urge to sort of cry. <laughs> so I think it's claustrophobia. Um, yeah. Is anybody else having these adverse effects to, to wearing masks like that? So um, we, we did, today is Sunday. We got out of the house. We packed a lunch and loaded everyone up in the car and we headed up the coast um, to Carpinteria, which is just on the other side of Ventura County into Santa Barbara County, which we did not realize Santa Barbara County beaches were not closed. Um, so you couldn't, okay, in Ventura County, you can walk around the beach. You just can't sunbathe. You can surf, um, you know, swim, that kind of stuff, but you just can't like lay out. So when we got to Carpinteria, which we headed that way because, well, first of all, we've done our beaches before. We're kind of sick of them. Um, and it was cooler. It's very hot here right now. Like, you know, it's, it was like a hundred <laughs> today is closer to 90. Um, and it's the, when you go North, it gets cooler. And so we, um, went to Carpinteria and we walked around. Um, we were a little surprised by how many people were walking around. There were police everywhere, making sure that people are maintaining social distancing. And we had to work to maintain social distance, um, but we did. Um, we brought masks, did not wear them. My my, Enne my Enneagram 6 daughter wore hers. If you know what an Enneagram 6 is, they are fiercely loyal, but also very cautious. Um, so she was kind of worried. But, you know, from what I understand about the virus, I think that outside fresh air, as long as you're maintaining your distance, 
I think we were fine. So, um, so that was really nice. And then we found a secluded um, picnic table. I brought a sheet to put over the picnic table and we had our lunch and then we, we just headed back. But it was just nice to see the ocean, to, to just be outside. Um, so that, that was really nice. Um, the other thing that's really, really um, just come to enjoy about this time, other than really how slow life has become, um, is the sense of community, is the sharing, the texting, I'm going to Trader Joe's, Do I, you know, can I pick you up something? I'm going to Costco. Can I get something? You know, just little, little things like that with people that maybe you weren't doing that kind of thing before. So, um, you know, I'm, so I'm hoping that those relationships will well, um, like that will will persist. I keep saying, I might have mentioned this last week, I haven't done it yet, is that I'm really missing like my, my two best friends um, that are in this area and I haven't seen them at all. I did a Zoom call with one and yeah, I haven't really even, even texted much with the other one, but I really want to just drive to a parking lot and like park you know, have a space between you and roll down the windows <laughs> and just, you know, have a chat, bring a cup of tea and have a chat in person where I can see their face. I know a lot of people are doing a lot of personal Zoom calls and uh, that's not really happening so much in my life. So um, I probably should make the effort to FaceTime or do a Zoom call with friends. Yeah, so we're gonna get through this. Um, I hope you guys are being safe and, and kind of just handling everything emotionally that's that's been thrown at us right now. Are you feeling that pressure to make something of this time. I know I am. I'm just like, you know, I want to come out of quarantine 20 pounds thinner with a super organized house and I finished all my UFOs. <laughs> None of that is really happening right now. And that's okay too. I mean, I think part of this is just getting through it, you know, making memories with your families. We're trying to do, you know, more game nights. I mean, it's, it's unusual that we are all here and I am definitely at that point in my kids' lives where they are going to be flying the coop. And so I'm sort of treasuring this as a time that we, you know, just get to spend together without putting too much pressure on what it's supposed to be. As always, thanks to the Fat Quarter Shop for supporting the podcast. The Fat Quarter Shop is a one-stop show for quilting fabrics and supplies for quilters around the world. They stock quilt shop quality fabrics, pre-cuts, quilt kits, patterns, notions, and even cross-stitch supplies. The Fat Quarter Shop is still open and doing business, and they have a banner on their website that tells you that due to increased demand and expanded safety procedures, that shipping times are running considerably longer than usual. Current orders are estimated to ship in 10 to 15 days. Pre-cuts ship faster than yardage because yardage has to be cut and folded. So just keep that in mind as we continue to support our favorite online quilt shop. Um, there's a couple of things on their blog that you might want to check out, including a face mask tutorial. And they've got an upcoming sew along that's called the Jolly Bar Sew Along, which starts May 21st. I'll put a link in the show notes. Do you know what a Jolly Bar is? It's like a layer cake cut in half. So that was that. So it's like a five by 10 piece of fabric and they are very, very handy to sew with. So definitely check that out. I'll put a link in the show notes. All right, let's talk quilting. Honestly, did I say this last time? I have very little progress to show. I have been working on the scrappy trip around the world pattern that um, is a Bonnie Hunter pattern adapted by Woodbury Way. And it's really fun. Um, so it's two and a half inch strips. I'm, I'm using a jelly roll and then I cut my background um, white fabric in two and a half inch strips myself with a 
what is it called? A, it's a strip cut ruler from June Taylor. Have, do you guys use those? They are so handy. It's like a big ruler with slots and you lay it down and just boom, boom, boom. You can do like four or five cuts at once and just like knocks out things, cutting things like strips really quickly. But, um, so I alternate a print strip and a white strip. So this is a jelly roll that's cut in half. So it's two and a half inches wide and probably like 21 inches long. And you just alternate those um, four of each. So it's eight strips wide. And then there's a specific way that you, and you sew those up, there's a specific way that you iron it so that it all works out in the, the seam allowances nest. But the cool part is you fold it in half, right sides together, and you sew that seam. So it's a little tube. And then you go through, and again, the stripology cutter, the shape cut from June Taylor, stripology from Creative Grids, comes in really handy here. And you cut this tube into two and a half inch strips. And then you, um, I might have explained this on the last podcast, but you basically use your seam ripper and you open up these strips at different points so that you get the, um, the patches kind of moving up as you, as you go across the strip. So it's, it's fun. I got really cocky. It was really hard for me at first to kind of get my head into it. And then I got cocky and really whipped one out really quickly and realized that I had sewn it together wrong. So now that's all ripped out and I need to sew it back together. But uh, it's, it's a fun kind of mindless pattern. Um, so I'm, I am looking forward to that one, that one being done. Um, I'm thinking a lot about my whips my really the ufos the things that are hanging around that it would feel really good to clear out the thing is that it's mostly quilting things i've got this pineapple quilt <laughs> that i finished like two years ago have not quilted it um, so i could really do that one i've got a charity quilt that needs to go so i definitely have some things so i'm kind of thinking about that but i'm also thinking about using this time to do something i've always wanted to do which is do more play um and, and maybe more challenges. I know, I think the Modern Quilt Guild has a challenge and Curated Quilts has a challenge. I've got this book of improv quilts that I could just use to challenge myself and um, and just do some minis. Patty, my um, partner in crime on the handpiece quilt along, she's doing these just adorable, small, little, um, very modern mini quilts. And I'm just, I'm loving them. And it just seems like a great way to just kind of play let go of expectations if you don't like it throw it in the trash you know so anyway so that's that's kind of what's happening quilting wise um, I'm still making masks for people who ask um, as a matter of fact today when we got home from our little jaunt I, I whipped up two more because I really have strong preferences about the style that I like now and I use the art gallery fabric that is um leftover from the handpiece quilts along and I, number one I really like it but number two is I feel like it's a really tight weave and it's really soft and I thought oh that's really good fabric to use here's a funny thing I learned um, from making these masks and again I'm sorry if I'm repeating um, from last week or last time and that is that I have basically no black fabric in my stash I did not know this um, I did have one piece that I really loved and I've made a bunch of masks for it. It's black with just kind of these, they're not polka dots, but they're, they kind of are polka dots, but it's more just like um, organic white little dots on it. And I feel like it's a really good mask fabric for men. I tend to make my masks, I don't use the novelty fabric and people might be 
disappointed. <laughs> I don't know. But I make um, usually black ones for the men and I'll, I make a lot of gray ones too. And I really like kind of like the gray ones because I feel like they're not, they don't stand out so much. But it's funny as I got someone else asked and I thought it was a house full of men. I thought, oh gosh, okay, let me see what I can find. I'm out of black fabric. So I literally had one piece of black fabric in my stash. Just could not, had no idea. Like talk about a gap. I also... Um, Sarah have zero purple in my stash. <laughs> Sarah Goer loves purple. Um, and yeah, I'm pretty sure no purple. So yeah, I definitely have some gaps that I think I'm going to have to, to fill in here pretty soon. But um, yeah, so I, I whipped up um, a couple more today. And I'm kind of hoping that's going to be the end of, of, uh, of making masks. But you know, I'm kind of a sucker for when people ask for help. I have started knitting again. Um, my the intrepid sock. It's called like the two-year sock project. I don't know, but what's funny about this sock project is it's just been kind of problematic that I keep making mistakes and I you know, get make some you know headway on it and something goes wrong and then I have to rip back. And if you guys knit, I think you might understand that ripping back in the round is because you know I'm knitting in the round. It's hard, and so um, what's funny is apparently. Um, the last time that I knit this on this sock, I got it right to the right length before I started to do, needed to start doing the heel. But of course I'd completely forgotten about that. And so I just sat down and knit a few rounds and then measured it and realized, oh, it was right before. So then I had to rip it back like what I had just done. And, um, but now I like finally, now I remember why I like to knit socks. If I can get through a period of time without making a mistake, I love it. It's just that it's so frustrating when you make mistakes. So I've done the heel um, last night, oh, yesterday, while I was watching a show I'm going to talk about, I um, did the heel flap, turned the heel, did the whole picking up all the stitches down the gusset and started to decrease. And now I'm to the beautiful part of just knitting in the round down the length of the foot. So I'm very excited about that. That's like some really good mindless knitting. And I did all of that while I was watching a show on Acorn called Blood, which I will tell you about um, in a little bit, but it feels really good to do because I need a handwork project. And, um, you know, I, I, what I need to do is, uh, based my handpiece quilt along quilt and start quilting these, um, kind of organic spirals that I was thinking about doing, but, um, I don't have enough fabric for the backing, like the backing. I have to figure that out. And then I have to figure out if I'm going to be a complete purist and if I'm going to hand piece the back, which I did on my last one. Um, so yeah, so I'm not really sure, but having a handwork project right now is so relaxing. And so I encourage you guys, um, whether it's knitting, crochet, my daughter just keeps knocking out the dish, the dishcloths for me, which I love her for, um, hand piecing, hand quilting, applique, anything that's quiet and meditative and using your hands, I think is, is just really a secret right now. All right. So let's talk TV shows. So I had a listener who we sometimes correspond via Instagram DM, Stella. Um, she contacted me and said, I have a show that I think you're really going to love. It's on Acorn. It's called Blood. And she was 100% right. <laughs> I actually watched almost the whole first season yesterday. I finished it up this morning and now I'm into season two. Crazy. It's, you know, it's it takes place in Ireland, um, but, you know, it's six episodes. So it's not like 
I binged a 25 episode season or something. But if you like a broad church, um, and they said in the caption, like The Killing, which I've actually not watched The Killing, um, then you would like this. I like it better than Broad Church, actually, because if you watched Broad Church, the subject matter was really hard to take. The actual murder that they were solving was really hard. Um, this one was a little bit easier to take, and it's definitely not um, gruesome or gory. It's more of a psychological thriller. It's a mystery, and it keeps you guessing. Um, it's a, about it's a family drama in Ireland. Um, with a very complicated family. So I won't really say more than that, but if you have Acorn, and, and thank you for, for, for pointing it out to me because I 100% would never have even watched this because it's got a terrible name, <laughs> Blood. I just would not have even, you know, like been curious enough to see what that was about. So, but I have completely enjoyed that. Um, I have finished a bunch of stuff. I uh, We finished Madam Secretary and it is the series finale. And was I'm just so happy with how that I mean I wish it would go on forever but it was a really good ending um, it was a great final season um, so totally worth it if you've got to go pay your five dollars on CBS all access to watch that totally good um, and I finished Doc Martin which has nine seasons I watched the last three I kind of want to go back and just start it all over all nine seasons I would really love that um, it looks like that is probably the series finale, although they're not saying that. Um, but, you know, they only put out a, uh, a season about every two years. I Some of these people, like these, I, I watched a couple behind the scenes things and these casts, I mean, these, they have grown up together. Like they know each other's kids and, and some of them even have moved to Cornwall to live because they love it so much. And I, one of these days I'm really going to have to go visit. It's called Port Isaac, which is where it's, it's Port Wen on the show. It's Port Isaac in real life. And it just, it seems amazing. And I cannot get enough of the, uh, the main character, Louisa, I cannot get enough with how she dresses. She dresses in with dresses and cardigans and she looks spectacular all the time. So I would just uh, like to take a page out of her fashion book. I also started looking for, apparently they made the shell seekers into a movie or miniseries or something. And I was looking for it. People have said it was pretty good. I couldn't find it. Um, I have, they did make, um, coming home into a miniseries and I don't really recommend it. It's got some great people in it, um, like Kira Knightley and what is her name? Emily something. Um, I can't remember, but you would know her if you saw her. And it just, it just didn't do the book justice. And if I remember correctly, it ended in a really awkward place. And you're just like, no, 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 this is in no way the end of this story. So that kind of bummed me out. Um, but I couldn't find the shell seekers, but on Acorn, I found something called Rosamunda Pilcher's Shades of Love. I don't think this was a book, so I, I haven't really looked into it, but I started to watch it. It's a like a little mini series, rich family, lots of secrets. It's very, very soapy. It's like, um, you know, British Dallas or something. <laughs> I'm not very far. Um, I, I feel conflicted about it. Like when I used to watch Cedar Cove and I think, you know, Kristen, you could do better than this. But, you know, sometimes you just like those kind of uh, empty headed shows. So Rosamund Pilcher's Shades of Love on Acorn, if you're interested. 
So those are basically what we're watching show-wise. Um, and let me, let's talk a little bit about books. Um, I'm rereading Atomic Habits. I think, you know, those kind of books bear reading more than once. As a matter of fact, I saw something on YouTube where a woman just read Atomic Habits and thought she kind of learned everything she needed to know about habits. And then she read Gretchen Rubin's Better Than Before and realized that that was, book was really more her style. I think I'm more Atomic Habits, but I've never finished Better Than Before. I felt a little bit like she was giving me too many different ways to establish habits and I got really overwhelmed. But I always feel guilty that I never finished that book. So maybe I'll try that next. Um, so, so that's my like, you know, self-helpy kind of book. And, um, I don't know where I came across it. it. Honestly, it was probably like a Facebook or an Instagram ad. Maybe, I don't know, but I downloaded this free cozy mystery called Tea Time Pastries and Punishments. Talk about your lightweight reads and lightweight shows. Um, but this is from, uh, a author named Leanne Dobbs. L-E-I-G-H-A-N-N. And I think what she's done is written a small, it's very short, it's like 160 pages or something, mystery that incorporates two different um, heroines from different series that she has. So she has these two ladies that I think have their own series of books, and she's brought them together in this book to just, I think, get people interested in in her book. She's doing her own self-marketing here. And so it's these two older women who both are from the U.S., from New Hampshire, actually both of them, though they don't know each other, they go to England to this big flower show where somebody is killed and they um, sort, sort of end up joining forces to solve this murder. And um, I'm almost done. It's very cute. It's kind of a nothing, but it's like before I go to sleep at night is the perfect kind of book. Um, to kind of calm my brain down. So I signed up, got a download for that. A week later, got a, another email for another free one. <laughs> so I downloaded that. They're all these very cutesy titles, but I don't know. They're just kind of fun. So just wanted to tell you about those. Um, and I've listened, been listening to a few different books. The first one, and this, these are both on Libby, um, is called The Book Woman of Troublesome Creek by Kim Michelle Richardson. And this is very interesting. So this is about, um, it's kind of based on the true family or true people um, who were called the Blue Fugates of Kentucky and the Kentucky Pack Horse Library Project. So it's, I'm guessing this is taking place in the late 1800s. And there's apparently a family that had a rare genetic disorder where they I think their body produced too much iron and it gave their skin a blue hue. Maybe you've heard of these people. I never have. Um, and so in the book, the the character is like the last one of this family. Of And everyone else has kind of died off. And she has trouble really finding a mate because she's blue. And, and if she gets upset or embarrassed, like sort of instead of blushing, the blue gets darker. So she has this job um, where she has, it sounds kind of like a great job, where she um, is a librarian for the this Pack Horse Library Project. So she brings books, you know, to um, these people in this, you know, sort of, she has a route of this very wide area. So she's got a, like a donkey or something that she rides and she goes and she drops books off to all these people. So it's, it's a very interesting story. I'm not quite done with it yet, but um, totally enjoying that. And... Um, 
I'm also listening to The Woman in Cabin 10 by Ruth Ware. Now, you have pro- you've probably heard of Ruth Ware. I read something else by her. I can't remember what it was called. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of at the beginning of this. It's about a, a woman who, through a weird series of events, ends up going on a cruise. Um, and I haven't even gotten to the murder. That's how... <laughs> How close. I do know that my character is in cabin nine, so I'm pretty sure the woman in cabin 10 is the one that's going to get offed. Um, but that's been kind of fun. Um, those are really good books. It's got a really good narrator who does um, like these really great accents. So so that's kind of what I've been, been reading lately. All right, let's move on to homemaking. Homemaking these days has taken on sort of a, a, a different spin. Of course, there's the you know, I'm still trying to do the fly lady thing. I'm still trying to find 15 minutes a day to clean things out. This week, um, I don't even know what week it was in fly lady land, but the refrigerator and pantry were driving me crazy. So I just took the time. It was longer than 15 minutes, I'll be honest with you. But my husband had headed to the store. So I was like, okay, I'm going to clean all this out. So I know what we have. That's the problem with us trying to do these big shops at Costco and you know, trying to shop less often means there's more food to manage and rotate and make sure you're using up. So that's been, I found that a little bit challenging. But so, and, and we've got everybody pitching in on Saturdays to, to knock out the house cleaning. So that part's all, all going fine. But the, the thing that's been really kind of working for us lately is taking the time to really tweak our environment here to work for the situation we're in now, which is not a normal situation. So maybe a year ago, I talked a lot about tackling those nagging tasks, those things that, you know, really only take a few minutes to take care of. And and you feel so much better about it when you do, but it's just hard. They're not urgent. Um, So you just maybe never get to them. They are changing clock batteries or, you know, changing out a light or um, we had a a clock fall off the wall and it just, you know, I needed to actually go get the glass cut for it. And just these little kind of piddly errands that take up time, but actually end up making you happy. So in our house, I think I've mentioned this before. Um, I don't want to say we have a small house, you know, like it's bigger than the house that I grew up in, but um, we're not really set up for five people to be doing work and school from home. Um, our two boys share a bedroom. So one of them's kind of set up uh, for his school there. Um, But the other one, the one that's at college and and now home doing things, you know, like was a poor man without a country. So he's at the sewing table, which is the sewing table, also known as the dining room table, not the kitchen table, like more like the I'm doing, can you see my air quotes, the formal dining room? Um, So we, he's there, but we, it has taken us, how long has he been doing school? A month? you know, up till recently to, to really kind of nail down the situation. Um, the first thing was the way he was set up. Everyone could see his computer as you walk by. So on zoom calls and stuff, we're all in the background and we're like asking lots of questions. And so he was just like, this is really bothering me. So I moved to where my sewing machine was so that his, um, back is to a wall (laughs) in my little cozy where my, my sewing machine was. And I just moved my sewing machine to the other side of the table and then um, at some, some point, you know, he's sitting in like a dining room chair, not 
a comfortable thing. He's leaning back in a dining room chair. They're expensive chairs. I'm pretty sure he's going to break the legs at some point. So um, we ended up going to my husband's work, or they did, and um, grabbing an unused chair. You know, those office buildings are, are closed down. So he grabbed a, a borrowed a chair. Um, and um, and so now he's like on the hardwood on the chair. And as soon as he sat in this chair, which is like not a great office chair, but it's better than a dining room chair. He was just like, oh my gosh, this is so much nicer. Then I realized we need to protect the hardwood. So then we ended up bringing this like rug in from the, the laundry room so that he's not ruining the hardwood there. And he was just like, oh my gosh, I'm so much happier. I've just like, I've really, I feel like I've really got a good setup. And I said, okay, now think for a second here. Is there anything else that we can do to make this a more optimal setup for you? And he was like, well, actually my background's really awkward because behind him, because it was the dining room and my sewing room, are number one baby pictures of him wearing a little velvet suit when he was two, a little Lord Fauntleroy suit. And he's like, so that's awkward. But if I move the, you know, the computer, then it's all quilts and thread and sewing stuff. And I'm like, okay, I get you. So we played around for a while, but ultimately I found I got a big blue blanket out of the closet and we just thumbtacked it up behind him. So if this was normal, the normal world, it'd be like, it's the first thing you see when you walk in the front door would be (laughs) this horrible um, blanket thumbtacked to the wall. But I'm like, you know what? No one's coming over. Who cares? And so now he's got basically a green screen. So, you know, it can be the beach or space or he actually hooked up a thing so that he could look like he was one of the king of the hill guys standing there. (laughs) But uh, it just has made him so happy and by extension, me. So in same thing, we're just like doing all these little things of, um, I don't know, just buying more salad tongs and realized, you know what? Our pepper grinder is 25 years old. I think it's dull. Let's buy a new one. You know, just like we're spending a lot of time at home. Um, so let's sort of optimize our, our environment. So that's been kind of fun. My daughter, even though, you know, at some point she's going to move out onto her own, hopefully to New York and the publishing industry and all that. She's rearranging furniture. She's doing all kinds of stuff because why not? Why not just make however long this is going to last, which we just don't really know. Um, just let's just optimize our environment. So that's my, my advice this week. And along those same lines, I need a new hobby. Like I need a hole in the head, but have you seen all the people like making sourdough bread and really embracing bread making? I've done that. I've been down that road. I'm actually trying to eat less bread. So I don't think I'm going to go down that road, but I have become very interested in making kombucha. And I would love to hear from any of you that make homemade kombucha because I'm a little bit afraid of poisoning my entire family, but I don't think it's that complicated. I love to ha- I love to drink kombucha. We don't go to the store very often. It's frankly a little bit expensive. So um, I think I'm going to start looking into that. The other thing, talk about optimizing your environment. I'm thinking about getting a soda stream. Me and one of my sons love sparkling water. And um, I don't feel great. My favorite stuff is from Trader Joe's in a one liter bottle for 99 cents. But it's a lot of plastic. And so, um, and we don't, and we'll when he's home, we go through it really fast. And so um, I'm thinking that soda stream could be pretty, pretty nice. So I'd love to hear from any of you if you have a soda stream. I don't want to use it to make soda. I literally just want to make sparkling water out of our basically tap water. So let me know if that is something that you have done and if you love it.
All right. So I guess that's really it for this week. I never talked about my tea because it's actually, I made myself an Arnold Palmer um, cold brew iced tea and my daughter had made some fresh squeezed lemonade. So it's a little combo of that because it's like August here. It is so hot. Um, but I hope you guys are hanging in there and um, just uh, reach out to friends and family and just, you know, try to connect during this time. And I'll see you in uh, a few weeks. 